Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're listening to The Cost of These Dreams from Wright Thompson, a podcast about sports stories from iHeartMedia, Graphic Audio, and Goat Rodeo. This next episode, The Secret Life of Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods was the Michael Jordan of golf, right? In the late 90s, he was all over the place. He was on Wheaties boxes. He was on commercials. He was, you know, Oprah interviews, the face of uh, a new era of golf. He had such a big presence within popular culture. And if it felt like Tiger Woods was the Michael Jordan of golf, Nike literally took the same marketing playbook they had used for Michael Jordan and applied it to Tiger Woods. You know, Michael Jordan is a very extroverted guy. Tiger Woods is not. He's not the the big personality in the room by any, by a long shot. I mean, it seems like that's what, looking back, uh, he's really a very reclusive guy. He didn't love the spotlight. And so much of Tiger Woods' greatness is tied to his father. Well, Tiger Woods was introduced to the game of golf by his dad, Earl Woods, and they were pretty inseparable. So to chart the story of Tiger Woods... In the 90s and the early 2000s, he is dominating golf. Records that were before seen as unbeatable are now within the sights for Tiger Woods. You know, Jack Nicklaus's majors record is in the crosshairs for Tiger. But then there is this stretch of time where he starts losing golf tournaments. He starts playing so badly. He even gets cut from some major tournaments. He starts suffering really debilitating injuries at that time. And in between that, uh, a sex scandal breaks out where it is uncovered that he is having multiple affairs with dozens and dozens of women. All of this culminates in a car crash that happens that gets national headlines. And what's so fascinating about this is how much this decline for Tiger Woods tracks pretty closely with the loss of his father. Yeah. And what happens when your moral compass isn't around anymore? What happens when you lose your center of gravity? Right around this time, Wright gets an assignment to write about Tiger Woods. But Tiger Woods is not exactly an easily accessible guy. And 
he certainly doesn't want to talk to Wright. Most of his life, it's not hard to fill in almost every day. I mean, he's so in public that you sort of, with no inside information, can fill in most days. And where there were sightings and like, you know, it, it, it started, it was interesting to me how visible he was all the time. And the other thing that became interesting is every now and then there'd be the, these inexplicable huge gaps. Like, where's he going for 11 days that no one is seeing him? Like, that can't be easy. And, but I mean, basically that whole story is, comes from trying to figure out in as much detail as possible what he did in the space between his father dying and his marriage falling apart. And the frustration continues. Just three wood for Tiger. Oh, penalty area looms to the right there. He was late on You can just see the wind coming out of his sails there. I see no signs of the Tiger Woods who used to own those majors. For him not to even be in the competition for crying out loud no. come Sunday. I left a lot of putts short, and then when I tried to hit it harder, I gunned it past all. He can't seem to putt. It clearly is a psychological thing. When it comes to the majors, there's no way he's going to chat uh, catch uh, Jack Nicklaus. frustrating that I'm, I'm not going to be here for the weekend and be able to uh, compete for this uh, great championship. Woods, apparently, wanted to become a Navy SEAL. Of course, who doesn't want to be a Navy SEAL? But I guess yeah. Tiger Woods went farther than the rest of us. It's amazing how he continues to stay in the news despite not doing anything very good on the golf course. <laughs> Maybe he should be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Disgraced golfer Tiger Woods has held his first interview about the ongoing sex scandal that has shattered his image. Once among the most acclaimed athletes in the world with some of the most lucrative endorsement deals in sports. I want to say to each of you, simply and directly, I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Every one of you has good reason to be critical of me. In the spring of 2006, Tiger Woods sat in his boyhood home on Teakwood Street across from his father's body, waiting on the men from the funeral home to arrive and carry Earl away. His dad had never sold the house because he liked the easily accessible nostalgia. If Earl wanted, he could go see the Obi-Wan Kenobi posters still hanging on Tiger's closet door or find an old Nintendo or a Lego Star Destroyer. Earl died three steps from his son's old room. The family gathered at a private air terminal in Anaheim to take Earl's remains back to Manhattan, Kansas, where he grew up. Tiger plopped down in his usual seat in the front left of the plane. He put the urn holding his father's remains directly across from him 
and when the pilot pushed the throttles forward to lift off, Tiger stretched out his legs to keep the urn in place with his feet. The flight took two hours and 20 minutes. The plane landed, and Tiger and his family drove to the Sunset Cemetery, a mile southwest of K-State's campus, past the zoo and a high school and a cannon dedicated to the memory of dead Union soldiers. Earl, a former Green Beret and Vietnam combat veteran, would have liked that. The graveyard was cool in the shade, the hills rolling from the street toward a gully. The family gathered around a hole in the ground between Earl's parents, Miles and Maud Woods. 77 minutes after touching down in Kansas, Tiger took off again for Orange County. Consider him in that moment, 30 years old, the greatest golfer in the world, winner of 10 major championships and counting, confident that the dreams he and his father conceived on Teakwood Street would eventually all come true. How old are you, Tiger? Two. Two? On a golf course, Tiger has the kind of poise and confidence that would be the envy of most golfers ten times his age. We can't dictate to him what he can be and what he cannot be. What we do is we participate with him in golf, and he has a choice to live his life the way he wants to live his life. And then, of course, other things would come true as well. Just, it's the exact opposite of the visual that we usually have for Tiger Woods. This past February, he pulled out of two tournaments, citing troubles with his back. I'm trying. I'm trying everything I can to be able to get back and play. Just after two on Friday morning, 33-year-old Tiger Woods drove out of his house alone. His car first hit a fire hydrant, then a tree. Police say his wife heard the crash and ran outside. The decades separating the cemetery in Kansas and today have seen Tiger lose many of the things most important to him. How did all he built come undone so quickly and so completely? That's the question that will shadow him for the rest of his life. The answer is complicated and layered. He fell victim to many things, some well-known and some deeply private. Grief, loneliness, desire, freedom, and his fixation with his father's profession. These forces started working in Tiger's life almost as soon as his G4 landed back in Orange County after he buried his father's ashes. The forces kept working until finally his wife found text messages from Rachel Yucatel on his phone, and he ran his Cadillac Escalade into a fire hydrant. After Thanksgiving in 2009, his life split open in the most public and embarrassing way. Can you imagine having to talk about your sex life in a press conference with your mom in the front row? I know people want to find out how I could be so selfish and so foolish. People want to know how I could have done these things to my wife, Elin, and to my children. And while I have always tried to be a private person, there are some things I want to say. I stopped living by the core values that I was taught to believe in. I knew my actions were wrong, but I convinced myself that normal rules didn't apply. For all that I have done, I am so sorry. 
But that car crash wasn't the beginning of his unraveling. In an odd way, it was the end. Everything he's endured these past years, including admitting that his golf career might be finished, is a consequence of decisions he made in the three years after he lost Earl. He'd been hurtling toward that fire hydrant for a long time. On some level, he even understood what was happening to him, or at least was invested in understanding. How would you describe your relationship with Tiger? Best friend. Best friends. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is my best friend. There's always a layer of mystery between fathers and sons, even those as close as Tiger and Earl Woods. They live such different lives. Earl went into the Green Berets because he saw them as the only place a black man could be treated fairly. And when he retired, he played golf, day after day. Before his son started playing, Earl had the lowest handicap at the Navy golf course near their home, despite not picking up a club until he was 40. Tiger grew up without siblings or many friends, and he and Earl did everything together, hitting balls into a net out in the garage or spending hours at the golf course. When he was 11 months old, I took a break, and he walked right over, picked up his little putter, took the club back, and hit the ball right in the center of the net. Ooh, okay, you gonna make a par on the last hole? Uh-huh. Okay, all right, let's go do it. And when they finished, Earl would order a rum and a Diet Coke, and Tiger would get a Coke with cherries, and they'd sit and nurse their drinks like two old men. The golf pro at the Navy course worried that Tiger didn't have any friends his own age. His friends were Earl and Earl's old military buddies. That's who he played with, retired old soldiers and sailors and Marines with the occasional active duty guy stationed near Los Angeles. Fighter jets took off and landed at the airstrip parallel to the 17th and 18th fairways. Tiger heard the stories and saw the deep love even strangers felt for one another. His entire childhood resolved around these men and their code. Just after the 2004 Masters, Tiger and his dad took a trip to Fort Bragg, where Earl had been stationed with the Green Berets. A group of Earl's old military buddies came along. Tiger got the VIP tour, running with the 82nd Airborne and tandem jumping with the Golden Knights, the Army's parachute team. The man assigned to take Tiger out of the plane was a soldier named Billy Van Solen, who explained the difference between broad daylight at Fort Bragg and pitch black combat situations. Your dad was doing tactical jumps, he said, nodding around at the controlled environment. This is Hollywood. Van Solen strapped Tiger to himself, and then the two flung themselves out into space, smooth with no bobble. Tiger grinned the whole way down. Earl was waiting in the drop zone, and Van Solen said he gave Tiger a big hug. Now you understand my world, he told his son. Earl needed an oxygen tank during that trip. He'd been dying slowly for years and regretted that he wouldn't live to see the end of Tiger's journey. Earl's second heart attack happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, during Tiger's initial year on tour. And by the winter of 2005, a year and a half after that trip to Fort Bragg, it was clear to everyone that Earl didn't have much time. Now consider Tiger Woods again, in this moment, the best golfer in the world, taking his first break ever, 24 days without touching a club, the most since he was a boy. 
Woods planned to open his season at the 2006 Buick Invitational near San Diego. Next on the tee, from Jupiter, Florida, please welcome Tiger Woods. No one garners more attention in the sport, and based on his nearly unparalleled resume, no one deserves more. But three days before his first competitive round of the year, Tiger arranged for a VIP tour of the Coronado Basic Underwater Demolition Seal Training Compound, BUDS for short, where recruits are turned into SEALs. Most classes start with about 200 students. If 30 graduate, that's a great percentage. It's the most difficult military training in the world. When he arrived, Tiger spoke to class 259. They were waiting for first phase to begin, and Tiger told them something he'd never said in public. He wanted to be a SEAL when he was young. The class loved Tiger's advice about mental preparation and focus, while the instructors rolled their eyes when Tiger said he would have been one of them were it not for golf. They'd seen Olympic medalist and Division I football players quit. Unable to stand the pain, a top-ranked triathlete washed out. The tour visited Special Boat Team 12 and SEAL Team 7. During one stop, a SEAL named Tom Shea helped conduct a weapons demonstration with seven or eight guns spread out in front of him. From the six-hour pistol through the entire sniper suite of weapons, Tiger stood on one side of the table, his arms crossed, a pair of Oakley sunglasses resting on the back of his knit cap. Shea said Tiger remained very quiet, taking in as much as he could. The following Sunday, Tiger Woods won the Buick Invitational in a playoff. Three months later, Earl died, and everything started to fall apart. 25 days after he buried his father, and 15 days before the 2006 U.S. Open, Tiger went back to visit with Navy SEALs, this time to a hidden mountain training facility east of San Diego. The place is known as La Posta, and it's located on a barren stretch of winding road near the Mexican border. Everything is a shade of muted tan and green, a lot like Afghanistan, with boulders the size of cars along the highway. This time, Tiger came to do more than watch. He tried the SR-25 sniper rifle and the SEAL's pistol of choice, the Sig Sauer P-226. One of the instructors was Petty Officer First Class John Brown, whose father also served as a Green Beret in Vietnam. Brown pulled Tiger aside, and the two men talked, standing on the northeast corner of the shooting facility. Why are you here, Brown remembers asking. My dad, Tiger said, explaining that Earl had told him he'd either end up being a pro golfer or a special operations soldier. My dad told me I had two paths to choose, Tiger said. They talked about Earl, and Brown felt like Tiger wanted safe harbor from his grief, a way to purge some of it, even to prove something to himself, or maybe prove something to the spirit of Earl, whose special ops career never approached the daring of a SEAL team. The instructor gave Tiger camo pants and a brown t-shirt. He carried an M4 assault rifle and strapped a pistol to his right leg. On a strip of white tape above the right hip pocket, someone wrote, Tiger. Then, he got to do something only a handful of civilians are ever allowed to do, run through mock gun battles with actual Navy SEALs. 
They took Tiger to the kill house, the high-stress combat simulator, where SEALs practiced clearing rooms and rescuing hostages. At one point, they put him through a combat stress shooting course, making him carry a 30-pound ammunition box, do overhead presses with it, do push-ups and run up a hill with shooting mixed in. Tiger struggled with slowing his heart rate down enough to hit the targets, but he attacked the course. He went all out, they said. He just fucking went all out. The military men and their bravado sent Tiger back in time to the Navy golf course with Earl and those salty retired soldiers and sailors. He missed his dad, of course, but he also missed the idea of Earl, which was as important as the man himself. These military trips continued through 2006 into 2007, kept almost completely a secret. At home, Tiger read books on SEALs and watched the documentary about Bud's Class 234 over and over. He played Call of Duty for hours straight. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. He was so into the fantasy that his friends joked that after he got shot in a game, they might find him dead on the couch. Tiger often used military lingo, a small window into how deep he had gotten into that world. Words like secure and downrange. When he could, he spent time with real-life operators. Tiger shot guns, learned combat tactics, and did free-fall skydiving with active-duty SEALs. His golfing team, particularly swing coach Hank Haney, understood the risk of what Tiger was doing, sending a long email scolding Tiger for putting his career at risk. He said, you need to get that whole SEAL thing out of your system. Haney does a lot of benefit work, including some for the special operations community. So stories started trickling back to him about the injuries Tiger suffered during his military training. Tiger talked openly about the grief and loss he felt when he practiced. 
Since that activity was so closely wound together with his memories of his dad, the moments with the military added some joy to what he has repeatedly called the worst year of his life. He chose to spend December 30th, 2006, his 31st birthday, in San Diego skydiving with SEALs. This was his second skydiving trip. And while he made friends with some of the SEALs, many of their fellow operators didn't know why Tiger wanted to play soldier. It rubbed them the wrong way. Guys saw him doing all the fun stuff, shooting guns and jumping out of airplanes, but never the brutal, awful parts of being a SEAL, soaking for hours in hypothermic waters, so covered in sand and grit that the skin simply grinds away. They didn't like the way Tiger talked about how he'd have been a SEAL if he didn't choose golf. Then there's the story of the lunch. This has become a legend throughout the Naval Special Warfare community, and guys are still telling it years later. Tiger and a group of five or six went to eat in La Posta. The waitress brought the check, and the table went silent. According to two people there that day, nobody said anything, and neither did Tiger. The other guys just sort of looked at each other. Finally, one of the SEALs said, separate checks, please. We were all baffled, said one SEAL, a veteran of numerous combat deployments. We're sitting there with Tiger fucking Woods, who probably makes more than all of us combined in a day. He's shooting our ammo, taking our time. He's a weird fucking guy. That's weird. Something's wrong with you. People who spend several hours with him usually think he's aloof and weird, while people who hang around long enough to actually know him end up loving him and being oddly protective. His truest self is shy, awkward, and basically well-intentioned. But he is as unsuited for life in public as he is suited for hitting a ball. Golf's not hard with Tiger Woods and the Airzoom TW. Today, basic tips on hitting the 300-yard fairway bunker shot. Ah, someone wants to play. He's trying to keep up with the old guy, you know? Tee height. I like to tee up my ball just above the club head. Tiger is a natural introvert, and he struggled with the financial interest for him to be extroverted. There was an entire machine just ready to make him into the next Michael Jordan, but he struggled to be what Michael Jordan was to the public, and he struggled with the fact that he struggled with that. So he moves through the world in a cocoon of his own creation. He comes and goes quietly. There's no entourage or team tiger, no agents or handlers or managers, just a middle-aged man alone, coming to terms with himself and his future, his circle of trust tightened to virtually no one. Frankly, the real Tiger Woods just isn't that marketable. Tiger bought a pair of combat boots. They were black, made by the tactical outfitter Blackhawk, and popular with ex-special ops guys who become contractors and mercenaries. The boots were inevitable in hindsight. You can't insert something as intense as the SEAL culture into the mind of someone like Tiger Woods and not have him chase it down a dark, deep hole. He started doing timed four-mile runs in combat boots, required by everyone who wants to graduate from BUDS. The rare sighting was almost too strange to process. Tiger Woods in combat boots, 
wear Nike workout pants or long combat-style trousers, depending on the weather, pounding out eight-and-a-half-minute miles. Tiger knew the SEAL physical requirements by heart, easily knocking out the required push-ups, pull-ups, and sit-ups. When he couldn't sleep, he'd end up at a nearby Gold's Gym at 3 a.m., grinding. One of his favorite workouts was the ladder, or the PT Pyramid, a popular Navy SEAL exercise. One pull-up, two push-ups, three sit-ups. Then two, four, six, up to 10, 20, 30, and back down again. Soon, the training at La Posta didn't cut it anymore. He found something more intense with Dwayne Dieter, a man allowed by the Navy to train SEALs in a specialized form of martial arts that he invented. Dieter is a divisive figure in the special operations world, working out of his own training compound on the Maryland shore. His method is called Close Quarters Defense, or CQD. And some students look at him as almost a spiritual god, like a modern samurai. Others think he's overrated. For Dieter, few things were more important than ancient warrior principles, like lightness and darkness. Tiger got introduced to Dieter by the Navy, and he learned CQD at Coronado. Hooked, he wanted to go further, and he ended up making trips to Dieter's compound in Maryland. He'd fly in and either stay at the facility or at a nearby fancy resort. He'd park outside a nearby Target, sending someone else inside for cheap throwaway clothes that they could ruin with simunition. The practice rounds left huge bruises. He did all sorts of weapons training and fighting there, including this drill invented by Dieter. He would stand in a room, hands by his side, wearing a helmet with a protective face shield. At first, the instructors went easy, not hitting him as hard as they'd hit a seal. Tiger put a stop to that, and soon they jumped him as aggressively as everyone else. When the drill finally ended, the room always smelled like gunpowder. An idea began to take hold. A dream, really. One that could destroy the disconnects Tiger felt in his life, completely killing off the character he played in public. Maybe he could just disappear into the shadow world of special operations. He mentioned his plans to people around him one by one. There's only one reason to run for miles and pants and combat boots. This wasn't some proto-training to develop a new gear of mental toughness. A friend of Tiger's who knew about the training said the goal was to make it through buds. It had nothing to do with golf. To many people inside Tiger's inner circle, Jack Nicklaus's record of winning 18 majors wasn't as important to Tiger as it was to the golfing media and fans. They say he never mentioned it. Multiple people who spent significant amounts of time with him say that when Tiger did talk about it, someone else brought it up and he merely responded. The record instead became something to break so he could chase something that truly mattered. If he'd had two hot years and broken the record, he would have hung up his clubs and enlisted. See if he can make a good swing here and find the fairway. Oh, he's hurt. There is something wrong. Something is wrong with Tiger Woods. He's able to pick up his tee. Major breaking news here in our featured group. On July 22nd of his 31st year, Tiger finished tied for 12th at the Open Championship and then came home. 
In the weeks after, he'd announced that he'd ruptured his left ACL while jogging. His news release did not mention whether he'd been running in sneakers or combat boots. Tiger's account of his injury might be true, but so might the scenario laid out in Haney's book that he tore his ACL in the kill house training with the SEALs. Most likely, they're both true. His knee suffered repeated stresses and injuries from military drills and elite-level sports training and high-weight, low-rep lifting. His body took a terrible beating from both the SEAL training and his aggressive weightlifting. And in the years after losing his father, Tiger was adrift and yet was still dominating all the other golfers in the world. They were never his greatest opponent, which was and will always be a combination of himself and all those expectations he could never control. Tiger won Akron, then won his 13th career major the following week at the PGA Championship in Tulsa. And then 15 hours after getting home from the tournament, he packed up and flew off again to do CDQ training with Dieter. Even 10 years later, the loss of his father still exerts force and pull on his inner life. The anniversary of Earl's death is a time when he can't sleep. Staying up all night with his memories, the wound seemed fresh. Tiger spent just 77 minutes on the ground in Kansas saying goodbye to Earl before hurtling back into a destiny previously in progress. It's nearly certain he hasn't been back to his father's grave since. If it's true that he hasn't, one day... Perhaps he'll walk across the field to find the place where they left Earl's ashes between Maud and Miles, in the shade of a bush and near a big red rock. He'll have to find the spot from memory, because there is no headstone, even a decade after the funeral. Maybe he wants it private, or is simply unable to take such a final step. But whatever the reason, Tiger Woods never had one placed. He buried his father in an unmarked grave. You know, this was this was an assignment. I spent a long time sort of just spinning my wheels. And I was like, this just isn't working. I don't need to go find meaningless scenes. I need to sit at home and make a million phone calls. I mean, this is, it sounds so stalkerish to say out loud, but I just was like, I need to find out what he did every single day between Earl Woods dying and him hitting that fire hydrant. I mean, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I spent a lot of time around Michael Jordan. I have never been alone in a room with Tiger Woods. And so I love to imagine me popping up on that documentary and Tiger being like, who the fuck is this? Like, what could he possibly know? And like, that's an interesting discussion too. I mean, yeah, I talked to hundreds and hundreds of people, but like, there is still this unknowable thing about Tiger that remains unknowable. He has somehow managed to find himself again. I loved watching him win that Masters a couple of years ago. Because, you know, if he won all those other tournaments for a whole complicated constellation of motivations and reasons, I feel like he won this one for himself. Uh, 
I loved seeing that. I mean, whatever he did, my God, he paid a price. And I think he's a remains to me a tremendously interesting person. The Cost of These Dreams is from iHeartMedia, Graphic Audio, and Wright Thompson. This series is produced by Goat Rodeo. Ian Enright and Megan Nadolsky are the lead producers. This episode is part of the eight-part series, The Cost of These Dreams. Find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to dive in deeper to Wright Thompson's The Cost of These Dreams, access the full audiobook wherever you get your audiobooks. Discover other works by Wright Thompson, including his latest book, Pappyland, wherever books are sold. From the Goat Rodeo team, production assistance from Rebecca Seidel, Isabel Kirby McGowan, Hamza Shatu, Maxwell Johnston, and Kara Schillen. Music by Ian Enright. Our deep thanks to Wright Thompson, Caitlin Riley, and John Weiss. Thanks for listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.